Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the theme park capital of the world, Orlando, Florida, talking to my good friend Josh Elledge of SavingsAngel.com. Josh is a man that knows all the deals and ways to save money, so I knew he would be the perfect person to help listeners plan out a trip to Orlando. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Orlando. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. This episode is brought to you in part by Creditland.com. Creditland analyzes all the credit card offers available to search for the best deals so they can bring you the cards with the biggest bonuses, lowest interest rates, and the best benefits. I use travel cards extensively to lower our family's travel expenses and trust Creditland to help me know whether I should jump on the offer or just let it go. Visit wetravelthere.com forward slash creditland for more details. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. I'm excited to hear all about Orlando today. Man, Lee, I am excited to talk all about Orlando. For the listeners, Josh and I met a few weeks ago in Orlando for a conference, and it was fantastic. But I will say that it was a little was a little hot. Yeah. What's going on with the weather in Orlando? You know, it's still in the 90s every day. This Sunday, in fact, as of when we're recording this, we're going to get our first day that I think the high is 81. And everybody locally is like, oh, finally, finally, it has arrived. Autumn has arrived. (laughs) So what brings you to Orlando? What's your connection here? We actually used to live in West Michigan and our business savings angel started doing pretty well. And so we thought, well, we could probably buy a house, but everywhere we looked in West Michigan, we we realized we didn't have to live there. And in fact, we didn't really need to live anywhere in particular. And so we started thinking, well, if we could live anywhere in the country we wanted, where would that be? And it came down to the final two were maybe somewhere outside of Las Vegas and then Orlando. We wanted to live someplace where there was a lot to do, where we could kind of have these little spontaneous vacation moments anytime we liked. And so we had come down to Orlando for spring break and we thought, you know what? Our kids are young at the time. Orlando seems like it would just be a great place to live. The housing market is great. The economy is great. seems like just, you know, we got beaches, we've got so many attractions. Let's do it. And so we packed up the truck and we moved down to Orlando and and that was over 10 years ago. And uh, we have just absolutely loved raising our family here and serving as an ambassador really to lots of friends and family who come to the area. You know, we've really gotten to know all the great things to do, the great places to eat, the great hotels to stay in. And so I love when friends and family come to town, helping them find those uh, treasures and and make those magical experiences when they come here. For sure. And and I knew you were the man to know everything about Orlando. That's why I was so excited when you agreed to be on the show. Now, when you were talking about Las Vegas and Orlando, both of them are great cities, very popular with tourists. You know, a lot of people come from out of state to visit both of those. But, you know, with young kids, I think you made the right decision going to Orlando. I agree. And as a business owner, I'll tell you that I like no state tax as well. So (laughs) we make enough on uh, tourism that we kind of get a break on our local state taxes. So thank you so much to all the visitors. (laughs) For sure. So uh, we were just talking about the weather a little bit there at the intro. Uh, Is there a certain time of the year that's better to visit than others? 
Well, from a weather perspective, absolutely. So generally that's November, December, January, February, and then most of March. Believe it or not, March, it, uh, especially April, really starts to warm up. And so most of the year, it's pretty much summer. There's basically three seasons. There's hot season, hurricane season, and then you know we get like a few months of uh, cooler kind of autumn temperatures. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good that you mentioned that it starts to warm up right around the March April timeframe because it's perfect for spring break, right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So that's when we came down, you know, living in Michigan, we were just really looking forward to after six months of winter, you know, we were really looking forward to coming down to some warmer temperatures. Spring break timeframe is a really great time to come to Florida because again, if you want to come down and from up North and you want to thaw out, we'd love to have you and, uh, you know, have you enjoy some of our early warmer weather. And then right now, September and October, those are also really great times to visit as well because the school's back in session, crowds are a little bit less. What else is going on in October that you I know you really love? Yeah. So, and that's really kind of the secret to having a better experience in Florida if you can. And that is, can you travel when all the other kids are in school. So obviously if you're a family with, without young kids just yet, or maybe your kids have gotten a lot older and they're no longer in school, or maybe you're in a situation, maybe you homeschool, or maybe you are comfortable with taking them out of school for a week or so. I know teachers don't necessarily like that, but really there are far more values that you can get. And accommodations are a lot less expensive. There are dining options that you just won't get if you come during summer, Christmas break, or spring break. Last time we talked, you actually were just heading out to a Halloween event, right? Yeah. So this time of year is really fun, particularly for locals who can go and take advantage of this multiple times if possible. And that is, is that, uh, of course, all the theme parks have lots of great Halloween themed events, or in the case of Disney, they have food and wine, which we'll, we, I'm sure we could talk about in just a moment. But I think what you were alluding to was Halloween Horror Nights. And, and I'm happy to give my review for 2018. And I have been going to Halloween Horror Nights now for, I believe, nine years. And the first year I went, every year, Lee, I can tell you that my first year was absolutely my favorite year, just because it was so amazing to experience something like that if you've never experienced Halloween Horror Nights. It's really far beyond any haunted house you've ever been to. You're basically on the set of the best Hollywood movies with the best actors, with the best makeup and the best ex just immersive experiences. It truly is unlike any kind of Halloween experience you've ever had before. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of scare actors. And again, this year, 2018, very, very interesting, more houses than ever before. And they just really focused on good quality, original, like really unique scares. It was just a really great experience. I was just so happy with 2018. Absolutely my favorite year ever for Halloween Horror Night. So Universal Studios did a great job. If you, you know, you want to plan this for 2019, just make sure you've budgeted it ahead of time. It's not a super cheap event. I would recommend that if you're going to go and it's in October, or you're definitely going to go on a Friday or Saturday night, 
Don't even think about going without an express pass if you would like to hit all of the houses because on a busy night, you will absolutely wait two to three hours, especially for the popular houses. This year, Stranger Things, uh, they have a Stranger Things house, and it was just amazingly, they had actors playing the kids and the actors that they found looked so much like the kids. They had one for Dustin. I was like, oh my gosh, that's really Dustin. <laughs> it was really amazing. Really, really, truly amazing. Well, hey, nobody's listening to this. So just between you and me, how scared did you get? You know, the poltergeist house, I'm not going to joke. That was the one of the scariest houses I've ever been in. And I think a lot of it had to do with that movie, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, that was the one that really got me, you know, with that clown, the tree, and then of course that big demon thing that comes out of the closet, spoiler alert, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those, oh my gosh. And so by the way, all three figure heavily in this haunted house. And so, yeah, that was scary. Obviously, you know, Orlando uh, is a place for, for theme parks. People come for Disney and Universal and SeaWorld and Legoland, everything like that. What are your best tips for if somebody wants to try to save money to get to that admission? The best deal that you can do as far as like admission tickets, there's a few strategies. Number one is that the more nights you buy, the less you are going to pay per day. So I would much rather see you say, well, this is just going to be a Disney one. This is just going to be a universal one, or maybe this is going to be a SeaWorld slash Aquatica one. And then we'll hit some other things rather than say, okay, well, we're going to spend two days at Disney, two days at Universal and a day at SeaWorld. You're really not going to get a lot of value. It's far better to just come to Orlando every year <laughs> and do something different. So you can easily spend now that there's Universal has two theme parks plus the water park. So there's Universal Studios, there's Islands of Adventure, and then there's the Volcano Bay water park. So right there at the minimum, you could easily fill up three days. And I would recommend maybe an extra day at Universal Studios. For Disney, of course, there's four parks. You won't be able to do everything at Epcot. You shouldn't even try to do everything at Epcot. But if wanted to do a five-day ticket, I think that five-day ticket on a seven-day vacation, I think that's a great way to do. Give yourself a day off, you know, hang out at the pool, maybe go to the beach or something. That is a great pace. But honestly, the more days you buy, the, you're going to save more money per day, even though your total ticket price will be a little bit more. So where do you get the tickets? The best website I like for finding those deals would be, I think there's a website called The Mouse for Less, which will help our mouse savers. That's what it is. So when you go to websites like Mouse Savers, the website that they're going to recommend for buying your tickets, and again, it's not a huge saving, but it's it's about the cheapest prices that I can find without having to sit through like a two-hour timeshare or something like that, is Undercover Tourist. And again, usually I think they just do more volume so that they can generally get you at least save you a few dollars. But I'll be honestly, in terms of vacation investment, I honestly feel like even as big of an investment as it is to buy the tickets, I, I feel very strongly about this, that the value you get 
for the theme parks are absolutely worth the investment, even if you're going to spend several hundred dollars per person. I just feel like Disney, Universal, SeaWorld just do such an amazing job, as do some of the side attractions as well in terms of the value you get. I mean, a couple of other websites that I've gone to is like Visit Orlando. They have some pretty good deals there as well. Yeah. And then through my old work, they had a thing called Working Advantage, and I was able to buy some discounted tickets that way. But one of the things I was reading recently that people recommend, and I made this mistake myself, is that instead of buying a park hopper pass, like you said, just spend a few days at one park. Oh, yeah. And just get a single park pass for per day and then just go to different parks each day. I couldn't agree with you more. Don't waste your time with the park upgrade, in my opinion. The reality is it's not essential to go to multiple parks in one day. You can have an Epcot day. You can have a Magic Kingdom day. I would say the only one where you actually, it's required, and this is kind of unique, as at Universal Studios, if you want to ride the Hogwarts Express between the two parks, then you need to be able to go between them. So so keep that in mind that you have that option. Oh, also like AAA would also be a, a good option. And if you happen to know somebody that works at any of the theme parks, they are generally allotted X number of free tickets that they can give to friends and family every year. So certainly ask on Facebook, do I have any friends that work at uh, any of the theme parks? Can you hook me up? And you might be able to work something out that way. Obviously, there's a lot of different things to do in Orlando, a lot of different theme parks and a lot of other attractions. Is it something you need to rent a car when you're there or is there shuttles, Uber? What's the best way to get around? If you are going to make your Orlando vacation a Disney vacation, then you can absolutely do the immersive Disney experience. You can stay on property or you could stay. I recommend staying at Disney Springs. If you want to, if you still want to be on property, but you want to save a little bit of money and have a great experience, the Disney Springs hotels are going to save you some money. Generally, you can find some really, really great deals and you'll still get extra magic hours, which is a nice benefit. And you have absolutely no need to rent a car because everything's there. You know, Disney's designed it that way. If you're staying at a Disney hotel, then they'll give you a free shuttle from the airport directly to Disney. They'll take care of you. (laughs) Universal Studios, same thing. If you want to stay at a Universal hotel, they'll do the exact same thing. If you are looking to increase your savings, you can absolutely save a lot of money, particularly if you would like a little bit more space. So people always ask, well, Josh, where can I save the biggest amount of money? And one thing we didn't get into was how can you get more out of your theme park day? And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment, but I really want to talk about where is the, the best place you can save money. And that's, a, that's accommodations. So if you go to a Disney moderate or deluxe resort, you're going to spend a lot of money and you're going to have a great Disney experience, but you may not need that. You may be far better off staying at a VRBO, Vacation Rental by Owner, Airbnb. And then of course you could always work Priceline or Hotwire and get a great deal. So Orlando, in terms of the top five cities on the planet for a total number of hotel rooms, number one is Vegas. Number two is Orlando. So we've got a lot of inventory, which means there's generally, especially if you come in a value season, there's a lot of competition for you to stay at their property. We stayed at 
dozens of properties here locally. We love doing a lot of staycations and there are so many great options for you and your family. So don't feel like you have to stay any one place or the other. I'd recommend just doing a little bit of research and finding a perfect location that's going to serve you and your family at a great rate. One of the ways that we've actually saved money when we travel to Orlando or other places is staying at places like Residence Inn, Embassy Suites that have free breakfast included and a little happy hour in the evening. That's always nice. And then also, we've also stayed in timeshare places. I mean, we own a couple of timeshares, so we have that advantage. But there are a lot of ways to actually stay at a timeshare without actually doing a presentation or buying the actual timeshare. That's right. We've absolutely done that. So there's a lot of timeshare properties in Orlando, and they have extra inventory. You'll absolutely know you're staying at a timeshare place when you arrive because you'll see that that branding is around. And I'm sure they'd love to you know, have you sit through a presentation, uh, which you don't need to. You can absolutely just uh, get a great roomy accommodations for your family, and you can pay really in expensive hotel rates. A couple of times we've gone, we've actually brought another family with us and then we split the unit. We got two or three bedroom unit and then we're all in one area, all under one roof. And we're sharing like a, a communal kitchen. That way the food costs are significantly reduced. Yeah. And then when it's time for the kids to go to bed, the adults don't have to go to bed either. We can put the kids in the, in the, the separate bedrooms and then the adults can hang out and, and talk and have some adult talk instead of, you know, having to be around the kids all day. I really love that. And Lee, I'd say aside from accommodations, uh, I'd say the biggest thing that you have control over in ways that you can save money, absolutely your food. If you plan on eating at the theme parks, you are going to pay a lot of money. Again, you're going to have a great theme park experience. However, make sure that you've realistically budgeted for that. So we've had, if you want to go to a sit-down restaurant, you're going to pay $150 to $200, you know, in our case, you know, with three kids. And that's without drinks. Um, it can really, really add up. So absolutely, I'll just tell you unequivocally, Stay at a hotel or work out something where you are not paying for breakfast at a theme park. Like I know they've got character breakfast experiences and that sort of thing. Look, I'd rather do a lunch. If you really need the character experience, do some research and find character lunches that can get you where it's, you're not going to break the bank on it unless you do have a huge budget. Lee, I don't ever eat breakfast out. I honestly think that breakfast is one of those things that when I travel, I always take care of myself or I stay in a hotel where that's included. One of the other things that as far as saving money and saving time is downloading the apps for Visit Orlando, for the theme parks, all the different things that are going on in the town. Make sure you download those apps. That way you can get the fast pass and save time if you haven't bought the actual additional fast pass because you get three free fast passes at Disney, right? Yeah, that's right. So each day you do. So that brings me to my other point. By the way, thank you for mentioning Visit Orlando. Visit Orlando is really an amazing resource. We're very, very grateful to have them. In fact, I was just on TV this morning talking about some of the best deals for locals here in Orlando, and they were exceptionally helpful in just cataloging everything that's always available to you, discounts, coupons, really, really great resource. But you mentioned one thing that I really want to emphasize. And that is, is that if you go to the theme parks and you do the theme park like an inexperienced tourist, what you're going to do 
is you're really not going to have a great strategy on your fast passes. And you're generally going to, and we see this when tours come through the gate, they're like, take Epcot, for example, like, oh my gosh, look at that giant golf ball. Let's go in there. Then they look at the map and they're like, well, where else should we go? I don't know. Test track sounds kind of cool. And then they kind of mosey on over to test track. That's not how you want to do this. So Ideally, what you want to do is identify the attractions with the absolute longest wait times, and those are the ones you want to prioritize and make sure that you're getting a fast pass for without doubt. Do not bother getting fast passes for things that have no lines. And the only way you'll know this if you don't actively go to the park is you just have to get on Facebook groups, uh, message boards, ask people that live here, join our Facebook group. You can ask me. I'll tell you exactly what you should and shouldn't get fast passes for. But there's something I want you to Google and it's called a touring plan. So what this means is that if you can hit the rides or attractions in a certain order or certain times of day, then you'll be able to generally bypass the longest waits. That's what you want to avoid. Like you don't want to go to Flight of Passage for the Avatar World of Pandora at Animal Kingdom because it's very common that that wait time will be more than two hours. But if you do it first thing in the morning, or you get a fast pass for it, or sometimes even like last thing at night, you know, while the shows are going, the big shows are going on, that would be a much better time for you to do that. So what ends up happening, Lee, is if you do this right, you can end up seeing, and I kid you not, twice as much stuff as someone who's just kind of going and not really knowing where they're going. For sure. And the way that Josh described it, because there is additional money that you can pay for a pass that gets you to fast pass throughout the entire day. But obviously we don't want you to spend all that extra money. So we want you to take advantage of these touring plans and take advantage of the the three free fast passes that you get every day with, with your own ticket. One of the ways that you can also kind of gauge the time is obviously do a little homework ahead of time, look at the different rides that are, that are most exciting for you, and then actually just go into the, the different apps for the theme parks and it'll tell you throughout the day how long of a wait it is. So you can just do a little reconnaissance to figure out which rides have the longest waits. And then that way you're going to know which ones you want to do the fast pass on. That's right. If I could clarify something, Lee, at Disney World, everybody gets three fast passes a day. If you want to pay, then really the the only option you have access to, and I have never done it, but it's actually where you pay to have a concierge walk around with you. And it's actually very expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. At Universal Studios, however, based on how busy it is for the day, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe you can pay anywhere from $29 to about $120 per person for the day. And you get one free fast pass for every major attraction. So Universal allows you to pay to enter in kind of the fast pass queue. And I believe, and again, forgive me, I, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I believe that SeaWorld operates the same way. They have like a quick queue or something like that where you can pay and then you could bypass all the major rides, which, and again, you have to look at your vacationing style. If you've got patience, then I would say, you know, don't bother with it if you hit the rides in the right order. Certainly with Disney, take advantage of the three fast passes that are included. But if you're only going to be in town for one day and you've got the budget to do it, 
I'm kind of a fan of investing in those fast passes. I, I did that for Halloween Horror Nights just simply because Halloween Horror Nights, for example, if you don't buy the fast pass, there's no way you're going to see all of the houses. So I, I would never go without it personally. But what that means is I have to work a little harder. Maybe I have to make some sacrifices in other areas of my budget so that I can have that truly magical experience where I don't have to wait in line for two, three hours. And it sounds like a lot of money, especially when you're talking about having multiple kids and your it wife is. with you and I everything. Know. But if you think of it this way, maybe you can hit everything in one day instead of having to go two days. I absolutely agree with that. So I would rather have a better experience in one day than two days where you're kind of like hot crowded. One thing you'll notice about locals, and I might have a a kind of a skewed perspective here, but I will seldom wait more than 20 minutes. If, If I look at the wait line and it's more than 20 minutes, it better be a really important ride. Otherwise, you know, we're patient. We'll just catch it some other time. So again, I may have a little bit of a skewed perspective on this, but I don't enjoy waiting. And that's because we've spent (laughs) so many, you know, we've, I've probably been at the theme park, easily more than 200 times across all of the theme parks here in Orlando, because we almost always have annual passes for something. So we're, we're pretty experienced. We only have a little bit more time and, and there's a lot more to do in Orlando than just the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the iDrive area is very popular and, and a lot to do there. Oh gosh, And then yes. there's other fun things like Gatorland and airport tours. What's, what's like your favorite or what things should people like not miss out on? If you have transportation, I'm a big fan of Wild Florida. I think just from the Savings Angel perspective, it's a little bit south of town. It's about 30 minutes south of town. But if you can get there, they've got a full zoo. They've got airboat rides. And the ticket prices are really inexpensive. If you, don't, if you can't go that far, Gatorland is also, it's general, it's a great value for what you pay. You're going to spend close to a full day there. If you want to spend some time with all the animal encounters, it's a lot of fun. You're definitely going to see some gators, which if you're not from Florida, it's, you know, it's kind of exciting when you live in Florida, you know, you kind of see gators in your neighborhood from time to time. So it's not (laughs) that unique of experience. (laughs) I know people always kind of freak out, but you know, after you've been here a while, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Gator. (laughs) They were here far before we were. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of, they're a little expensive in my opinion, but you can find some great coupons for places like Medieval Times, Capone's Dinner and Shows, kind of a murder mystery. There's great bowling, Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Shows. There's generally really great coupons. There's uh, Wonderworks. There's Ripley's Believe It or Not. There's a lot of escape game places, which I really, really love. Listen, you can come to Orlando and have the most amazing vacation experience of your life and never go to the theme parks. You know, there's just so much to do here. It's the number one tourist destination on the planet in terms of total number of tourists. So obviously this is a city that is, they're right, we're ready for you. We got stuff for you to do. (laughs) You know, having a vacation where maybe you spend a day or two at, at a beach, you do all these side experiences, you work in some great restaurant experiences, you really can have an amazing time with the kids. One thing I would recommend is if you're going to be doing a lot of these side experiences, make sure you do your research first. Don't just show up and then go, oh, hey, that looks fun. And then you go and you just pay for the ticket at the gate. 
that would be a very expensive way to do it. A little bit of research ahead of time, going to help you get a much better deal on ticket prices. Generally, there are coupons for everything. And if you need help, like I said, just get on Facebook group. Lee, I'm sure you know they can connect with you or your community or you know make sure they're subscribed to your email or whatever that you provide. They're going to find some great options. They can find some, you know, plug in with some great people that are going to help them strategize and make sure that they do this well. Josh has gave us so many different tips and tricks, and we've gone a little bit longer because I'm just so excited about hearing everything that you're talking about. And, you know, I'm kind of a big kid at heart, and I love Orlando. And now that I'm in Tennessee, I'm going to be going to Orlando more often. Great. Now it's time for the final countdown. Josh, if somebody came to Orlando and only had time for one meal, where should they go and what should they eat? Gosh, boy, what a difficult question because there are thousands of restaurants here. <laughs> My personal favorite, if you've got the budget for it, is at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. There is a restaurant called Boma and there's another one called Jiko. One of them is kind of a buffet experience, but I love it because there are so many exotic flavors. It's it's basically, it's all inspired by African cuisine. And the sit-down restaurant is probably the most amazing sit-down restaurant experience I've ever had. The food was so good. I'm pretty picky on what I eat, you know, in terms of health perspective. So, you know, I gave them some requests and they fulfilled those requests and it was still honestly one of the best meals I've ever had. And so either of those two restaurants are just absolutely fantastic. They're both on Disney property. They're at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. You will need reservations. And that goes for every Disney restaurant is do your advanced dining reservations as far in advance as you can, because they absolutely fill up, especially the more popular fine dining ones. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've made that mistake as well, (laughs) where I tried to book something, you know, even three, four months out and it was already filled up. Yep. That happens. So what's one of your most memorable stories of being in Orlando? So it has to be for me the first year that I decided that I was going to try something that I didn't think would appeal to me. And that that's Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios because I've done haunted houses. I already kind of talked about this. I won't go too in depth in this, but you know, because there are so many unique experiences that you can do here, you'll find that, again, this is a city that really knows how to host visitors well. It almost doesn't matter what you do. The shows, all of the side experiences, the events that they have downtown, the events that they have throughout town, the special events, you know, whether you come for special hosted events, they have events for Christians, they have events for LGBT families, they've got events for pretty much every segment of the population. Come on down, plan your trip accordingly. But, you know, for me, Halloween Horror Nights was something that Boy, you know, this is a town that really knows how to take this concept of a haunted house or, you know, kind of a haunted themed area and really amp it up times 100. And it really was just unlike anything I had ever experienced before. So I love immersive experiences. And I'll say that that's one thing that uh, Orlando theme parks and other Orlando attractions and accommodations do just exceptionally well, because we know everyone in the hospitality and uh, travel tourism industry know that there's a lot of competition for travelers' attention and travelers' dollars. So, you know, don't be afraid to try something new. In almost every case, you'll be delighted, especially I think as you go online and ask for opinions, read reviews. The crowd will generally, in my experience, they'll generally set you on a good path. 
it sounds like like a wonderful place. I've been there a few times, and I can't wait to come back myself. So, I know you don't really drink, but what's the happiest happy hour in town? City Walk has a really great reputation. Look, I've been there just just eating, <laughs> you know, and uh, so that would definitely be the place. You know, I, I see a lot of people living up there, and so City Walk is outside of Universal. I, I will tell you that probably my favorite place. So even though I don't drink, I've got I love people who do. <laughs> <laughs> and I love hanging out with people who do. Look, you got to go to food and wine. And, and food and wine, even if you don't uh, get here during the months of largely September, October, although it's even expanded beyond that a little bit now, is just going to Epcot and going around the world. You will have more opportunities to imbibe. <laughs> like there, there's just... There's just so much for you. And you know, you get to take take advantage of Disney transportation so you don't have to worry about that. They'll take you right back to your hotel. So just live it up while you're here. There are really so many options. Of course, if you want more of a, more of a metropolitan experience, uh, downtown Orlando at night absolutely has a pretty thriving bar scene. So you're welcome to do that as well. And you know, that, that would, I think, be a little bit more of a local experience or maybe kind of like a business traveler experience uh, would be downtown. I drive is just I drive is kind of our Las Vegas strip and you'll find an infinite number of great clubs, bars and restaurants to choose from. Look, it's really hard to go wrong. No, I mean I, I've been to a lot of these places you're talking about on I drive and just had a fantastic time myself. One of the things that makes me happy when I travel is is eating pepperoni pizza. So what's one of the best places to eat pizza in Orlando? You know, not necessarily a huge pizza town like a, a Chicago or, or New York. However, there is a New York pizzeria chain or uh, at least one location. NYPD Pizza, you'll find it's not too far from International Drive, iDrive. Just do a Google search for that or look them up on TripAdvisor. We've been there before. It's great New York style pizza. I'll be honest, I don't know that the theme park pizzas have really blown my socks off, but NYPD Pizza, I, I think is pretty great. I actually had that once when we were staying at the, the Hilton Grand Vacations, the timeshare down the street from there, and we just lucked into it, and I can attest it was really good. You know, again, I think if you do a search on TripAdvisor, I have almost always been delighted by finding something that, because uh, we have a lot of data, you know, because there's so many people that are coming to visit. You know, it's not like some towns you go to, it's like, okay, they got three reviews. I, I don't know. Like, pretty much everything here has, like, hundreds if not thousands of reviews so you've got a lot of data to kind of substantiate the results josh thanks again for being on the show you've given us so much you know and again i think people are going to, have to come to orlando multiple times to be able to do everything we've talked about you know i've been a follower of yours for years listen to your podcast follow you on the website can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're a podcast listener, obviously listening to, you know, Delee is a, fr a good friend of mine. And I have been hosting a podcast called The Savings Angel Show for about six years. I'm known as the guy who can get you a deal, hookup, or upgrade on anything in life. So I cover a lot of Orlando stuff from time to time, just simply because I just, I love this town. Obviously, you've, hopefully you've gotten that vibe from me. But what my goal would be is if you love vacationing, I want you to have twice as much in terms of vacation experience. And what we're going to do is we're going to find all the easy 
easy, free ways of saving money that honestly don't really, it's not going to require that big of a sacrifice for you. I love, you know, just little life hacks and ways that, you know, little tweaks that you can make to your life that you'll never really notice, but it can ultimately save you many, many hundreds of dollars each and every month. So yeah, just search, you know, whatever podcast app you're listening in uh, to us in right now, just search for Savings Angel or my name, Josh Elledge. I promise, Lee, I promise to make you look good for sharing that recommendation. Oh, for sure. And then if people want to reach you on social media, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So uh, we have a good Facebook group for Savings Angel as well. You know, we've got a very active blog, very active YouTube channel. You know, again, I promise to serve as mightily as I can to help you save money on everything that you're already spending on. And of course, you know, I work with a lot of business owners as well. I'm, I'm a very media savvy guy. I've been in the media over 2000 times. I help a lot of other business owners get in the media as well. And, and you can find me on the web at upmyinfluence.com. And I've got a lot of pro bono stuff there as well. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot again. And uh, we'll have everything in the show notes for the listeners and appreciate it. Lee, thank you so much for having me. Look, anytime you want me to come on and talk about Orlando, bring it. (laughs) I'm I'm ready to go. (laughs) We will for sure. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Lee. Although Orlando is known as the home of Disney World, Universal Studios, and Legoland Florida, there are so many other things to do in town, such as iDrive, Gatorland, and camping at Wakiwa Springs State Park. Literally every time I visit Orlando, I wish we had more time to experience everything. What is the favorite thing you learned about Orlando? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Orlando, or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Nick True shares his best tips for Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was named one of the top 10 destinations you need to see by Lonely Planet. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you like this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest checking out my good friend Ed Pizza's show called Miles to Go. Ed and his guests break down the latest travel news with a focus on credit card rewards and loyalty programs in his weekly 30-minute show. Let me know what you think.